0: Hi everybody, welcome to episode 28 of the Photography Explained podcast. In this episode, 5 Practical Explanations of the Exposure Triangle. I'm your host Rick and each week I will try to explain one photographic thing to you in plain English in less than 10 minutes without the relevant details. My aim is to explain things in just enough detail to help you and I with our photography And no more. Nope, still can't remember that, so I'm still reading it out. Five practical applications of the exposure triangle. In this episode, I'm going to give you five practical examples of the exposure triangle. Apologies for repeating myself there. These examples tell you how to use the exposure triangle to correct a photo that is too light and one that is too dark. I also tell you how to use the exposure triangle to get a correct exposure with a faster and slower shutter speed. And I'll tell you what I do as well. OK, let's get straight into these five examples. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm reading these out because I've written them down. Because what I found is when I try to ad-lib this, I always get something wrong. I'm reading these out and I'm not apologising for it because this is good stuff, trust me. Number one, you took a photo, but it is too dark. So what do you do? Take another photo, but this time pick a slower shutter speed to let more light in. Alternatively, choose a wider aperture, which is a smaller number of course, to let more light in. If you don't want to change these settings, increase the ISO to make the sensor more sensitive to light. Okay, that's the first one. I wanted to give you these practical examples because having spoken so much about it, you might be sat there going, "Okay, that's great, what do I do when my photo's too dark? So that's why I'm doing this, which is nice. Number two, you took a photo, but it is too light. Here's what you do. Take another photo and this time pick a faster shutter speed to let less light in. Alternatively, choose a smaller aperture, which is a larger number, to let less light in. That's smaller as in physical size. If you don't want to change these settings, reduce the ISO to make the sensor less sensitive to light. Okay, that's one way of dealing with underexposed photos and overexposed photos. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about exposure compensation, which is a different and easier way of doing the same thing. You can do this without taking your camera away from your eyes, which is good. And the logical thing to get onto then is going to be um, speaking about the bit different pitch-taking modes, which I'll get onto shortly. <laughs> as, as you'll see, you can't explain one thing in photography without having to refer to something else. Nothing seems to stand alone. So... Um, Each of these subjects is naturally leading on to another one, which is great when you're trying to come up with episodes to record. Back to the subject. Here are three other practical uses of the exposure triangle. Number three, you want to make moving things blurry, but get the exposure correct. First, you need to choose a longer shutter speed, which means more light is getting into the sensor as the shutter is open for longer. Let's say one second to blur a waterfall. Once you've done this, you'll need to choose a smaller aperture, larger number, which lets less light in, to compensate for this. If you cannot get the correct exposure for the lighting conditions by changing the aperture, you can then select a lower ISO. Yes, this is an ISO with a smaller number. If this does not work, you might need to select a faster shutter speed and then remeter or use a filter to block the amount of light getting into the sensor. I'll come on to this in a future episode, but just so you know, you can have a look at these if you want, these filters, which block light from getting to the sensor, are called neutral density filters. I have one; it's called a big stopper. It stops ten stops of light, which is huge. If you go back to previous episodes and check out the um, aperture scales and shutter scales, um, you'll see what that massive impact that has. Yeah, and if you're going to, and if you want to make things blurry but keep the photo sharp, you need to put your camera on a tripod. Tripad? tri-pad? That's a tripod and an iPad, I think I've made this mistake before, I've invented a new product, a tripod. Shall I try and sell that to Apple? Why not? Back to the subject, sorry. Number four, you want to freeze the action. Well this is the reverse of the above. Start off, you need to choose a shutter speed that is fast enough to freeze what you're photographing. This will of course depend on what you're photographing. If you're photographing an F1 car, you'll need a faster shutter speed than, say, someone walking. When you choose a faster shutter speed, each time you change the shutter speed, easy for me to say, by a stop, you are halving the amount of light getting in. What do I mean by that? Well, check out the last episode where I explain the exposure triangle. Each time you change the shutter speed by a stop, you need to change the aperture by one stop to maintain the correct exposure. Now, I know this is a little bit complicated, but think of it like this. Each time you make the shutter speed faster, less light is getting through to the sensor. So you need to choose a larger aperture, smaller number, Bigger opening to let more light in. And if you can't get a fast enough shutter speed by changing the aperture, all you have left to do is increase the ISO, changing to a bigger number, which is making the sensor more sensitive to light. Okay, nearly there on this one. How do I use... Sorry, I was trying to correct a typo then, which I really can't do two things at once, so I shouldn't try that. How do I use the exposure triangle? Well, I'm going to finish this episode by telling you how I use the exposure triangle... In my architectural and construction photography work. Yeah, everything today might sound complicated, but the reality can be different. It's important that you understand how these things work and relate, but I want to reassure you, once you got your nut around all these things, it should be relatively straightforward. I um, take my architectural and construction photography photos with a Canon 6D. I use AV mode, where I select the aperture and the camera selects the shutter speed. AV stands for Aperture Value, also known as Aperture Priority. I use the lowest native ISO, normally 100, and my camera is most times on a tripod. So I set the aperture to suit what I'm photographing, which is normally F8 or F16, and take photos using the self-timer. And that's it. There's only one change that I make, which will be determined by the composition. The camera does all the clever work. So let's not forget, as complicated as this is, cameras these days are wonderful things that can help. And it does help if you know what you're doing because you can simplify things. The hard bit is getting your head around some of them. I hope that you're happy. Sorry, my phone's ringing. I should have put that on. Well, I did put it on Do Not Disturb. It's ringing. That's uh, quite irritating. Sorry, I digress. I hope you're happy with exposure, the exposure triangle, and how you can use these to help you take better photos. Okay, few changes in the podcast now. Quick recap, in this episode I've given you five practical applications of the exposure triangle which I hope you've found helpful. Now, I want you to do some things, let's get a little bit interactive. Number one, do this one thing, just try one of the five things above. Number two, tell me how it went on Twitter, message me at RickPhoto. Three, subscribe to my podcast if you enjoyed this episode please, this helps me tremendously. Four, rate and review my podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, that is, this also helps me. Five, tell someone you know about my podcast. This also helps me, and it doesn't cost anything. Next episode, I do believe, is exposure compensation. Okay, time's nearly up. Thank you for listening to my small but perfectly formed podcast. Check out my website, rickmacavoyphotography.com, where you can find out all about me and my architectural and construction photography work, as well as my blog, where you can learn lots more about photography. And about me. Finally, let me know if there is a photography thing you want me to explain and I will add it to my list. Just head over to my website and click on the podcast tile. And if I explain your thing, I will give you a shout out on that episode. And the list is now live on my website for all to see. Okay, I've not run out of time yet. This episode was brought to you by the power of me sitting in a small room without being distracted. One thing I want to say is I'm delighted to announce that I have achieved 1,000 downloads. So thank you to everybody who has downloaded my podcast. That really is a massive number for me. Might not sound big to some people, but it makes me happy. So thank you everyone who's downloaded my podcast. I've been Rick McAvoy. Thanks again for listening to me and for giving me 10 minutes of your valuable time. And I will see you on the next episode. Cheers from me, Rick. My brand new course, How to Become a Real Estate Photographer, straight talking advice for beginners to get you making money quickly and build a career, is available to buy now. Find out more at rickmcavoyphotography.com forward slash courses.